Just a word from our sponsor, Anchor FM, the organization that is hosting this platform here. Anchor FM is a free podcasting platform, and there are all sorts of creation tools that you can use. They'll distribute your podcast for you. There's a way for you to contribute. So, therefore, if you are a podcaster, your listeners can make a contribution, just as I might encourage you to. So there's everything you need to make a great podcast. Get going with it. Download it at Anchor FM, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Hello, this is Dr. Kernan Mannion. Welcome to Physician Interrupted. Today's topic career riptides ahead. You know, docs really are a naive lot. They believe in benevolence. Well, I certainly did. And it's a wonderful state of mind to live in until you realize that it can be a very hostile world. What do you feel like when you've been sideswiped and your world's been turned upside down? Most physicians truly have no idea how distinctly non-benevolent the medical regulatory system is and how harmful it can be. Physicians can be pulled into a medical licensing board complaint investigation or a peer review or sent to the physician health program, the PHP, for a fitness for duty evaluation, and then sent down the impaired physician assessment and treatment funnel. And before you know it, they're in over their heads. When I first encountered this, I was shocked at how the pieces of the system worked almost machine-like to derail my career while also bankrupting and marginalizing and silencing me. It really took my breath away, frankly. And I spent the next 10 years studying how this orchestrated career derailment was possible because, as I learned in trying to make sense of this and reaching out to others, this really was a silent epidemic. As I gathered colleagues to examine this with, what became clear was that this was not simply an isolated local PHP problem or an isolated occasional licensing board problem, nor even an occasional corrupt sham peer review issue with a hostile agenda to get rid of a physician who was unwelcome. Hundreds of physicians came forward telling their horror stories of such abuse. And what we began to see was that this was multiple medical boards in different states and multiple PHPs and multiple peer review entities across the country. And further, we saw that they operated not just simply individually, but as an interconnected system each of them posing a potential pathway toward career derailment of a physician via abuse of their rights. If that weren't bad enough, we then also observed in story after story that each of these systems essentially operates as its own feudal lord system. 
Not only does each component, each PHP, each medical board, peer review, or performance appraisal entity have no oversight or accountability, they operate as a system collectively with no oversight or accountability. So let me stress that again. Here we have both individual components of the system, the medical regulatory therapeutic complex system, operating with no oversight. And we have, as they are linked together, a collective system operating also with no oversight or accountability. Anybody see any danger here? Now, for those who have not experienced such a system, and that probably extends to 90 to 95% of physicians who have not had any direct encounter with what we will call the medical regulatory therapeutic complex, or MRTC for short, the medical boards, peer review entities, and physician health programs with their entire entourage of associated impaired physician services. Physicians who haven't had any direct exposure to a medical board generally treat a medical board as just simply a nuisance bureaucratic entity. Most have actually no idea of the existence of a physician health program. And so most will have a difficult time understanding how this might even exist It simply blows all understanding belief systems about justice and fairness out of the water. The reason why this is continuing to happen is precisely that, that because the vast majority of physicians simply having heard of it, even if they did hear of it, they couldn't get their heads around it because it would simply be too much to comprehend. It results in a state of disbelief. In cognitive psychology parlance, it breaks too many cognitive schemas. And when you break too many cognitive schemas, in other words, the underlying assumptions we have about the way the world works, and in our U.S. world, the idea of fairness and transparency and due process, and ultimately one being able to access justice, all of these schemas are thrown out of the window But again, you wouldn't know that unless you had that experience. Further, the way it operates is that it's not as though an entire group of physicians are taken out all at once. Rather, what's happening is that individual physicians are being singled out and then subjected to this kind of invasive investigation and then forcibly referred into a treatment network or actually an evaluation and treatment network that really resembles a racketeering influence criminal organization or a RICO, operating a hugely profitable enterprise which fleeces its victims under the guise of a legitimate diagnostic process and does so with the full complicity of the state and with the full complicity of the licensing board with which it has an exclusive contract. It's taken me and our group at CPR, the Center for Physician Rights, 10 years to be able to understand the immensity of this behemoth. We had the hardest time ourselves trying to get our heads around it. We kept thinking that, well, there were isolated physicians who were harmed, And, in fact, I am one of those. 
and have CPR's advisory board, in fact, or people who have been victimized by the system. It was difficult even for us, half of whom have been affected by the system, half of whom were simply observant of those who had been harmed by the system. It was difficult for all of us to simply get our heads around the fact that it extended beyond our individual trauma stories. I'll also mention as an aside that in our coming together as a group, an advisory group, actually a physician advisory task force is how CPR actually began. It took us a long time to get beyond having to deal with the trauma stories. And here's one of the things that I and my colleagues discovered, is that the reason why physicians are so difficult to approach around this issue is that they're stuck in their trauma story. And the reason why people are stuck in their trauma story, the reason why we're compelled to tell the trauma story over and over again, is that The individual can't quite get it. They can't quite believe that this is happening. And one of the ways that the mind actually makes sense of it is that it has to keep revisiting the trauma to try to make sense of the missing piece. You see, it's not making sense in terms of the existing schema. And so, therefore, the mind keeps going back and saying, wait a minute, this doesn't doesn't fit with the way you know the world to operate. We'll certainly be going into the medical regulatory therapeutic complex, the MRTC. You'll hear those initials over and over again in these podcasts. We'll go over that in in their full regalia in subsequent podcasts, and we'll tease apart each of the component parts. However, our focus on this podcast today is just getting a big sense of the fact of the derailment And what are some of the action steps that you can take to help prepare you for the perilous journey ahead and to protect you against the harms that may ensue? So first of all, let me stress that what happens to the naive physician is a series of events that occurs in a cascade that unfolds very, very rapidly. Imagine this. Imagine you live in a coastal town. I used to live in coastal North Carolina. And those who have gone to beaches, well, look, everybody has gone to a beach, right? Uh, And everybody's familiar with walking along the beach and seeing the waves. Sometimes they're gentle and calmly rippling, and sometimes they're turbulently rolling in, crashing in. So imagine this. You're walking along the beach. You're enjoying yourself. And you're calmly strolling, and you see a little puddle, what looks like a little puddle, and you step into that puddle, not aware that it's actually part of a receding tidal pool. And that tidal pool suddenly pulls your feet out from under you, and you are pulled out to sea in a riptide. You're swept out to sea. Those who know about riptides know that a person's first response caught in one of these is to try to keep your head above water because you're panicking, and then to try to turn around and face the shore and swim directly back to the shore. And it turns out this is invariably futile. As it exhausts the swimmer, no one has the strength to swim against a powerful outgoing tide. And so you inevitably get exhausted and you drown. Now, to survive, 
you need to know some other strategies, namely swimming parallel to the shore to get out of that powerful tidal surge that you're being pulled into. Once you get out of that, then you're out of the riptide and you now are able to gather your composure and now head back to shore. So you can then have sufficient strength to be able to swim back in or at least to keep your head above water until someone rescues you. Now, the thing about riptides, I found, is that it really does give us a good model of an approach given that that most physicians really don't understand what's going on. And therefore, when you look at it, most People who are walking along the beach have no idea what a riptide is until they get educated about that. When you think about riptides, in coastal towns, what you'll find as summer approaches is that the newspapers and the lifeguards post signs and write articles describing exactly what a riptide is and how to be on the lookout for them. And and they explain the dangers and what to do in the event that you're caught in one. Now, likewise, this podcast is really about educating you about the riptide that exists with regard to the medical regulatory therapeutic complex, the medical boards, PHPs, sham peer review entities, and hostile performance appraisal entities, and generally in teaching institutions. Each of these has the power to completely and irreparably derail your career at any stage. They are powerful regulatory riptides. So in today's podcast, we'll cover the first three of 10 action steps that you can take. These are really the most immediate three. And then in the next podcast, we'll pick up on the remaining seven and we'll review the first three that we uh, have covered today. So number one, first of all, just as you would educate about riptides, educate yourself. Get knowledgeable about the MRTC. Be open to the warnings of others that this is extremely treacherous territory. If you've received any sort of notification that you have to go before a board or there's an investigation or complaint or someone is raising a concern about you being impaired or that you're being sent to a physician health program or that There's going to be a chart review pertaining to your clinical work or that complaints have been received about you being unhappy or burned out or dissatisfied or acting out with the nurses or you're getting a little bit too disruptive. You need to become immediately knowledgeable. You need to get alarmed about what could ensue in very short order. Number two immediately get to work and consult with knowledgeable physician guides who understand this treacherous territory. And you're taking the opportunity now to listen to this podcast is exactly an example of doing just that. So please also share the word about this podcast if you know someone who might benefit from this advice. And number three, Consult with knowledgeable and trustworthy counsel. Now, that's easier said than done. 
And it's unfortunate that I have to use both of those adjectives in this setting, knowledgeable and trustworthy. However, experience with large numbers of physicians have expressed a great disappointment and anger and a sense of betrayal and being taken advantage of by the incompetent representation that they've received by some attorneys, some who they felt have simply fleeced them and ultimately amounted to charging them for huge sums of money simply to tell them that the board says they have to go along with everything that they demand. And that's what you get for your ten or $20,000 retainer. Now, I'm very happy to report that because of our work at CPR, we are progressively building a network of knowledgeable and trustworthy attorneys who operate with utmost integrity and who have physicians' licensed defense at their best interest. And we're able to connect those attorneys with each other and help them discuss strategies and approaches that they can use to best defend their physician clients against hostile forces. Those are the top three. Get knowledgeable, reach out to other physician guides who are familiar with the territory, and get lawyered up with trustworthy and knowledgeable counsel. In our next podcast, part two, we are going to review these and we're also going to cover the remaining seven recommendations, the action steps, making that a total of 10. And let's call them the 10 commandments that are most important for you to ensure that you can survive the career riptide that could await you. I'm Kernan Mannion. I'm host of Physician Interrupted, and I am so glad that you joined us. I hope you found it helpful, informative, and you can always leave a comment in the message area there. We'd love to hear from you. You're listening to Physician Interrupted. Till then, take care and to your career fulfillment and your well-being.